0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vikings come out and play. Oh, wait a I see. Let me put some cushions. Please with me now? Up, Cousins, throws, passes. now listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and
1: Baker. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We are out in front of a 3-3 and Vikings football team that evened the season thanks to some very bizarre heroics, unnecessary unnecessary heroics, but uh, thankful that we got the win versus Carolina Panthers. Tonight we have kind of a shakeup for the crew. Bryant McKinney and Sally from Minneapolis are off, but we have Paul Charchian, the godfather of fantasy football is joining myself, Ron Saw, and Wes Johnson from my other podcast, NFL Trend Zone. He's out in California. He's going to join us tonight to talk to Charge. We're going to talk about the Vikings, we're going to talk about fantasy football. We'll probably mix and match those equally, maybe a little heavy on the Vikings. Before we hand it off to Charge, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever, a new webinar phase for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, lines uh, than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your new deposit. Use the promo code BLEAV50, believe 50 to receive your bonus. For basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Paul Charchian. Welcome to the show for the first time. How are you, sir? Doing great. Glad to be
2: here. It's. Uh, I think this is the. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but at least for you and I, this is going to be the meeting of the, the 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 two people that are the uh, the one A and the one B in the Kirk Cousins defenders group. I'm yeah, not going to say cheerleaders because you know, I don't. I don't think it's a matter of cheerleading. I think it's a matter of just being realistic about who he is and what he brings to the table and trying to beat down the naysayers with just logic and statistics and analysis, yep. you know, it's, which is not the same as just being a, uh, you know, being a Homer or that that is maybe just looking for something that
1: isn't there. Yeah. I get that eternally that I'm like a, a Kirk eternalist. And I try to, I try to fight back and say, I know I, I don't like the next quarterback just as much, but I'm telling you the stuff that circulates about this dude for the most part is false and uh, I got the same label that that you did in terms of the Kirk Homer, but um, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get into that. So sir, just in case there are Viking fans that don't do much with fantasy,, uh, tell us what you do um, for fantasy and you know what you do for football in general.
2: Well, um my current company is called uh, guillotineleagues dot and it's a new format for fantasy sports uh, where instead of playing head to head like a traditional league, instead the the lowest scoring team each week, gets eliminated from the league and every all that whole that whole roster of players go to the waiver wire so it's just pandemonium for everybody else and it's got roster building like you never see in fantasy sports because you know when you draft your team in a regular league about all you can do to augment it is maybe find somebody to trade with or take advantage of in a trade and then there's free agents and that's it in this format every week a whole roster of team of players is becoming available and so you know, by the time you even get to now, the you know we're at the one third point of the season. Man, you know, you're already starting to have put together a pretty darn good team, and a couple weeks from now, you'll have a, a team the likes of which you've never had before. So, tons of fun and really different. I just decided to to go all all in
3: on this. Okay, awesome.
1: All right, Ron, we got a slate of stuff to talk about. And mostly Vikings, perhaps a little fantasy if we get off into that. What do you got for Paul Tarchian, sir?
3: Um, well yeah um so Paul nice to meet you. Um we, yeah, nice to meet we've you. a couple times in the past but you know officially meet you now. Yeah. Um and I will say I did do my first uh first year doing the guillotine leagues and I jumped nice. in and to, to do a super chop and a normal one so oh, still all right. nice. alive. Still Are you alive in both? both? Oh right. yeah I am. It's although like you know the initial wave of free agents and like how much to bid what you know cuz it's there's holes to fill in the larger ones obviously so it's like go get the guy and see what happens so i'm yeah. i'm liking my teams but we'll see what happens as it gets to um, cutting time here how do you um, like
2: the how do you like the bidding strategy that you've got every every wednesday to try to figure out you know <laughs> do i put in all my chips on so- <laughs> alvin Kamara when he pops free and that kind of stuff
3: so the one where like, and this is my fault because i should have at least put a dollar like deandre hopkins went unclaimed on wednesday's waivers and what? Like and yeah. So like no one did How? anything on it. So I looked and then the next day I'm like, well, okay, I'll go 11. Cause if no one's going to go for it, I'll at least whatever. Someone went 20 and I'm like, ah, man, like miss my chance of just filling it. Uh, but, wow. um, that's, that's part of crazy. the crazy. It's not knowing what, uh, yeah, what's going right. to happen. So, right. um, but anyway, so, um, you know, getting back to our Vikings talk with, uh, you know, Kirk cousins, obviously, um, I'm not, I don't have the voice to be as loud, but I'm right there with you guys when it comes to um, being on that bandwagon and being a lifelong Vikings fans. Um, I get the feeling sometimes that fans feel spoiled at the quarterback play that we've had. So they take it for granted when we actually do have something. And I know Dustin predicates everything on stats and, you know, you you as well on logic um, on on a lot of things. So. Um, my thoughts are with, when it comes to Kirk, cause you know, he's proven to be, um, what he is like a very good quarterback can be great at times and then have bad games as all quarterbacks do. Um, but my question is, um, what are your thoughts on Kirk beyond this season and even next season? I know next year he's got about a $45 million cap hit. Um, yeah. but what are your thoughts on maybe a long-term extension to kind of spread that cap hit out as well as just what he brings to the table being a 33 year old quarterback?
2: Well, as, as you guys all know, the one of the core crux from the the Kirk haters is the contract. And <laughs> it is expensive. Um, I believe he's lived up to it. I think he's the ninth highest paid quarterback this year, eighth highest paid. Um, he's playing clearly as one of the eight or nine best quarterbacks in the league. I, don't, I think it's indisputable. Um, but I think we're at the point where you just you, you start to you, you get to a point where this is about as much as you can afford to pay any quarterback. And so any extension from to from to my eyes, any extension beyond where he currently is can't go much higher than about where he currently is. And, you know, next next year's big delta is pretty painful. (laughs) And and so even with the big influx that's coming to the cap, thanks to gambling, gambling money is going to move this cap. Um, But I don't know when and I don't know by how much. So given what we know right now, I would uh, I would I think he's still got at his age and at the amount that and considering he didn't play for those first three years, Mm -hmm. you know, I still think he's got four or five good years left in him in all probability. And I'd be fine locking him up at a, at a contract that's similar, similar to what he's making today. If assuming he would do that, how do you guys feel?
1: uh, Wes, let me, let me ask you. So I did one of those polls Mm -hmm. on Twitter and not necessarily scientific, but it had like 2,500 people respond. And I was astonished that um, the poll asked, would you, you know, if with Vikings miss the playoffs so they get slaughtered in the first round, which structure do you support? Do you support firing Zimmer and getting a new quarterback? Do you support keeping Zimmer, getting a different quarterback, firing Zimmer, keeping Kirk, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And the vast majority, like out of nowhere, said they would rather fire Zimmer and keep Kirk. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, and I, I feel yeah. that that dialogue has changed in like the last month. Wes, do you think that the tide is turning or is this temporary or? Speak on uh, you know, this year and beyond on Kirk and the Vikings.
4: Uh, I think with Kirk, you know, we're seeing what happens when you provide him with adequate blocking. Um, obviously, the uh, the Cleveland game, he faced fifty percent or or so pressure on on every drop back, and a lot of that pressure was applied with four man fronts, which um, this is really going to be anybody. It just highlights more when it's Kirk cause he's polarizing. Um, but I, I think with the protection that he's had, uh, over the last year of games, so the last 16 games, he, um, his stats have just been phenomenal. I know you, you had posted something about it on Twitter, uh, since, uh, what was that third game that he had
1: yeah, the Falcons? Yeah. the game <laughs> Falcons, where, That's yeah. right.
4: Um, but yeah, people are seeing and probably starting to realize like, okay, he can, he can cook once he has somewhat enough of an offensive line. He's definitely got the weapons on the outside and, uh, Thielen and Jefferson, and, uh, cook coming out of the backfield, um, finally have a viable third option and KJ Osborne. That's so humongous. yeah, um, I quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I, I can you know, see the Vikings staying with Cousins. He's obviously proved himself pr- prior to this year, but even more so uh, this year.
1: I think what folks are seeing, and especially this year, because for some godforsaken reason, all but f- one game has come down to final play. And there's this misnomer that Vikings games are always close and they always do this t- to us. But It's really a new phenomenon. Last year and this year is when all of these tight games started happening. Prior to 2020, the pandemic season, it was either the Zimmer Vikings won decisively or they lost decisively. And all of a sudden, we're getting all of these barn burners. And since we're Vikings fans, we're cynical. We just feel they're coming and every game happens like this. But we're starting to see Kirk in those moments where – uh You know, if there was more of them in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen when lo and behold he he won the the Saints playoff game, I think that that's what 's turning the conversation is in, late in games, people want their thirty three million dollar man to win the game. And I think reasonable folks are starting to see like this guy actually does it and they're they're doing a, an introspective to figure out like maybe maybe he isn't that bad so Uh, Paul I think
3: to your sorry to interrupt to to your poll where it seems like the tides have turned a little bit where because yeah to your when Kirk unleashes it like I mean there's not many more accurate quarterbacks in the league with the arm talent that he has like he proved it in that Saints game playoff game with that throw to Thielen and then obviously that throw to Osborne where now you see the all 22 with Thielen running underneath so it's Look at the guys who say that Kirk's a checkdown guy. Well, he took a shot to end it, so he's clearly capable. And you know, charge to, to get back to your original question. Um, for me, with um, I, I'm not saying to give Kirk a Mahomes type extension. Um, that's like obviously you don't do that. But yeah, like if he's right around where he's at in that 10 to to 12 ranking of quarterback as far as pay, I'm all for it. Like we. It, even if Mond is potentially the guy down the road, like he's you have not. a guy, like, yeah, I, that,
2: <laughs> the whole that, that other, it's a whole me. other conversation, but <laughs> that
3: worries me too. Um,
2: but they again, blew like, that pick man. It Davis mills has looked not, he's not looked great, but here's what he's, he's showing right now is the arm strength and ability requisite of, of building upon. And right. You know, he's, he is making some hard throws, Really tough throws that you have to have an NFL caliber arm to make and Davis Mills is making them. And I know a lot of people aren't watching Texans football, but that was, I think this is going to go down as a blown pick. And I don't know that Davis Mills is going to be like the quarterback for the future for the Texans, but basically we've seen it with Mond and who I did not like going into the draft. There's nothing
3: that we've seen so far to suggest that he is. But even uh, with Kirk again, he's 33, like people act like he's so old, like he's Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He's not like Phillip rivers, like up until like last year, like he was great until, you know, 36, 37. So you have a window there and right. if you keep the things around it, the offensive line, obviously now it's a homegrown five guys who, you know, really six, if you count Wyatt Davis as that guy and only as a swing backup, um, like they have guys to build around to keep him upright and even Daris on the, you know, game and a half, like he's grading out. Well, he's looking the part. And if they hit on that pick, then, you know, who cares really about the rest of the draft class really? Cause it's all about protecting Kirk and keeping him upright. And then Mm -hmm. you look back the year ago with KJ Osborne coming in and being kind of a more dynamic Gary is right, which Gary's right was always solid, but now you have a guy who can make plays and run after catch and, um, and be good in open space. That gives you an added element that again, looking forward to next year, Herb Smith comes back. Now you're looking at, uh, at four weapons in the passing game that, uh, that we really haven't
1: seen since the likes of, uh, the three deep. Yeah, Osborne's a playmaker, and that's what stands out right now is he's making the big plays. He's not just catching the ball and getting eight yards like B.C. Johnson or two-degree Chad Beebe. He's making the big plays, and I think that's what really stands out. So I want to switch over to the other side of the ball, Paul. Um, so each game the vikings defense is steadily improving and there are certain metrics that're phenomenal there's certain metrics where the run defense still isn't there and then the, of course these these late fourth down anomalies yeah. that uh, we get shredded do you foresee that to come along like with the rest of the defense or is it do you do you think it's going to be this defense that's pretty good but for some reason in big spots just blows it
2: you're talking about fourth down in particular here, I believe. And um, yeah, that's, I, I, I can't give you, especially with Patrick Peterson out for at least three, three weeks, or I guess four weeks and three games. um, I can't give you any real assurance that the Vikings get better. Vikings defense gets better in these big spots, except that a regression would suggest they should, you know, you really should. If you're, if you're, if you're, at a certain level on first second and third down, you ought to be able to play better on fourth down and i'm sure that schematically things are pretty different on fourth down and, and how they handle fourth and fifteen which they they've managed to give up but um i'd i'd like to believe it, it will get better but i can't i can't really give you a reason can't come back and say well, okay, you know against these particular looks on these on these fourth down situations they're going to be better rolling you know coverage this way. Who knows? I, mean, I just don't think I just can't I just can't say well. Rashad Breeland's going to be a lot better, or Cam Danzler's going to be a lot better than he ever has been because I I don't know that. I hope that's the case, but I don't know that to be the case.
3: So now is. Uh... Yeah. is Trey Flowers is that a name that uh oh god intrigues no, intrigues anyone? No. Is it, oh no, he just, been, <laughs> no, no, he no, just no. seems like the a, a Zimmer kind of guy, the 6'3, like lanky corner. Um, I can't say I've seen what he's done the last year and a half in Seattle, but well, uh, I, can,
2: I can tell you that you don't because you, you don't <laughs> want to know what he's doing in Seattle. Okay, All he was right. so <laughs> bad, he was he was so bad as their starting quarterback that after week four, they benched him, the week five, they cut him, and they brought in Sidney Jones. After he got benched, Sidney <laughs> Jones has gone on to give up a perfect passer rating in his coverage. So it's been okay. all bad. And Trey Flowers was terrible. And I don't want any okay. part of that guy. I would rather I'd rather Homegrown. find your <laughs> own finds. Yeah, I'd rather find some kid and just, you know, work with some kid and see what you can see what you can get out of him can't
3: get worse than last year's secondary like all the injuries oh. depleted and everything so
1: god no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, free agency wire is down to nubbins um sherman was kind of the last gasp and you know he got hurt too but he went to the bucks and then like it's gonna have to be relying on hand whenever he's back and you know, chris boyd if he can figure it out or like uh darkees denard i wrote about him today on vikings territory he's been pretty solid his whole career but uh he's a free agent so yeah, top.
2: which is I'm I'm shocked he's still out there. Um, yeah. just given the pedigree, and granted, it never worked out. Based on was he first rounder, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Bengals. Uh, never really worked out for him, but yeah, that's I I was really surprised that that he that no team had him. Uh, you know, speaking of, while we're talking cornerbacks, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Alexander's been pretty damn good. He's been great covering the slot used to be like, Hey, we'll just put our third best corner in the (laughs) slot, but he's their best corner by almost any metric you want. Hasn't allowed a touchdown this season. Um, Doesn't give up yards after the catch. He's been, he's been really good and it it's, a lot of teams have got like their best receiver running out of the slot or three and three and four receivers that or three receivers run out of the slot or a great standup tight end who works in the slot. And it's, it's become a really important spot to have a r- highly competent slot cornerback. Mackenzie Alexander has been that. And, you know, I don't know what happened in this year away. You know what, what I've been told is the year away in Cincinnati was a year of personal maturity for Mackenzie Alexander. And I think there's might be a little something to that. And I, you know, thank God for him and that, and that relatively anonymous signing when it happened, like two weeks after the, the free agency period started. And that's a minimum you know, deal.
0: Yeah, minimum deal.
2: It. Yeah, one year minimum deal. How about if we just, you know, let's not talk so much about locking up Kirk in 2025. How about Mackenzie Alexander <laughs> and Xavier Woods, who's played great. Yeah, uh, I think I that think wasn't no, a penalty. No, <laughs> that wasn't a penalty. I. How about we get those guys are on one year deals. We don't have really any cornerbacks coming back outside of Chris Boyd next year. Dantzler. I think Boyd's the only
3: cornerback under contract for next year. too.
2: Oh, yeah, and Dantzler. Yeah, yeah. So,
3: yeah, that's what I'd like to do. The thing with Alexander, too, it's, like, the physicality he's playing with. Like, that. you didn't see that the first round when he was here. And uh, maybe, like you said, he's, like, grown as a person. I know he had that issue with his father, um, you know, that, like, whatever, kidnapped or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so, maybe kind of, uh, he you know, took a step back, put his life in, into perspective and, um, you know, given it all. So, um, but yeah, it's, that's a great point Charge. He's been phenomenal out there.
1: Wes, do you think that this defense, I think the only thing separating them from being, I mean, they're called like for PFF and stuff, they're already back up there in that Zimmerian mode. Uh, but do you foresee that these gaffes late in games will, will tighten up or is this kind of just what we're going to live with?
4: Um, maybe towards the end of the season, um, not having Patrick Peterson back there, uh, um, you know, veteran presence that has been through and seen a lot of different things from um, various offenses throughout the years uh, is going to definitely hurt. Um, Also, just the stretch of games that we have, you know, we don't have any uh, chumps that we're facing on offense. Uh, It's offensive driven league. And, you know, I I think we're going to get everybody's best punch because teams are realizing, you know, they can't, take weeks off uh you know buffalo kind of took their foot off the gas on monday night and they got caught by a a hungry tennessee team um i yeah i just i don't see us being able to make all the adjustments at least through this stretch to um compensate for that I, i think you know we might win um a series here or two but you know we'll also give up a series here too. Okay.
1: The other thing that came to mind on Alexander, that I want to point out is that when we signed him <clears throat> to me, it felt like an embarrassment of riches, embarrassment of death because Gladney, nothing had happened with Gladney. Yet. So mm-hmm. I was like, God, we're just going to be five deep at this spot. This is pretty sweet. And uh, to Paul's point, now it feels like a godsend because Gladney's gone. Uh, Peterson's gone for the, like the, the worst possible time on the schedule. He's going to miss Cowboys <laughs> with the best receiving core in the world. Uh, it's like the worst possible murderer's row of three games that he could miss is coming up uh, on this Viking schedule. Anyway, uh, Ron, what's your next thing for Paul Charchi you tonight?
3: So charge, I know obviously you're a Vikings fan, but obviously uh, your expertise, not that you're not an expert on Vikings football, but fantasy football world. Um, and, you know, being the godfather of fantasy football is, um, you know, here in Minnesota as you're well known of um, known as um, obviously between watching Vikings games and then other games that are going on, how much other film study or how much other review do you have to go into to kind of come up with your week, come up with your weekly rankings?
2: Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> you know, in a in a different world. So it's different for me than it is probably for you three. When you guys you guys have the luxury of you know, watching the Vikings game live and then you can go back and go, oh, I want to watch Oli Udo. I'm going watch every one of Oli Udo's snaps. And so you can go back through and you can just go, okay, I'm going to watch every play. I'm just going to grade out Oli Udo and I'm really going to get my arms around where he is as a player. I'm doing 32 teams. So I can't do that. Um, so a lot of my Monday is spent with Game Pass on and I spend my Sundays watching uh, the TV uh, four by two where I've got the eight games on and I'm, I'm I'm just trying to take in eight games at once, which over the course of the years I've actually gotten reasonably good at. Um, but then on Monday it's just condensed film and I'm just re you know, I've just got the condensed games on as I'm, as I'm working on rankings and just trying to you know do all the other things I'm doing. I've got the condensed, condensed game on so I can keep track of broadly what's happening with 32 teams. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I, so in that regard, I think I'm shallow. I don't have the I don't have the depth of knowledge that I'd love to have with the Vikings. That some people that just all they do is Vikings, I think, have an advantage on me. You guys probably do, um, but I feel really good about about being able to break down Davis Mills when uh you know <laughs> when he comes up. So yeah, that's you know that's the advantage. And so that's for me that's that's my process and that's that's what I'm watching. And I, I I'd like to call it film study, but You know, I just, I can't do all, I can't do all 22 on 32 teams. So yeah,
3: that's, so for me,
2: that's, that's how the process works
3: then as a follow-up to that like you obviously have the time and effort spent in your weekly rankings which is literally like if i ever have a question like that's where i go because thank you not just it's not just a rank (laughs) you get an analysis on it like this is why it is like that's what you know anyone can rank someone one through ten but it's like well why like why is tyson williams gonna be the guy week one (laughs) i don't know um but anyways with that i know like you get a lot of tweets. Like you have a big following. Where who do I start? Gary Judy or this? Like, and yeah. I know. You, like now it's great. Just look, go check it out on guillotineleagues.com. But honestly, how annoying does that get? Because I get mad when people ask me questions. <laughs> I'm like, don't make your decision based on my opinion. But for you, like that's got to be. I have a platform. You have a following. Just go check it out. Um, it's gotten so much better than it used to be. I think
2: just <laughs> now, after directing people there for years, it's you know I only get maybe. 20 on Sunday and, you know, 10 on the days leading up to that, you know, it used to be way worse. It was, you know, it was, you know, 50 or hundred. And just eventually I just think I've trained people into going, just looking at my rankings because <laughs> really, I mean, you know, there it's got the complete breakdown. I can't do that. Um, I can't do that on Twitter with its Twitter count. And I can't give you the breakdown on all the guys. And you can go read them and just decide if you agree with me. If I've got Guy X, five spots ahead of your other guy. Guy Y, you can read about Y and decide if you agree. And that's, you know, that helps. And so that's why we do, that's why we go through all the effort to explain, the, you know, give all the rationale behind the rankings. And most people don't do it, but but we do. And we don't even charge for it, which maybe that's a mistake. Maybe, maybe I'm losing <laughs> money on this deal sign to deal with the athletic and uh. yeah, right. <laughs> right i got a bunch of friends at work for the athletic fantasy department i don't i don't know maybe I should, maybe it's time to tap those
1: there you uh, go the number one question i get and it's not quite 20 per sunday but i'd say it's about 5 to 6 a week is people wanting cousin stats because they're in an argument with their friend yeah and, i bet you do yep and I, do. Uh, I can i can if they're reasonable i can usually especially about a year ago when when uh, i had more free time I was able to usually pull them, um, but uh, now I kind of instructed them how to exactly copy paste like my name with Kirk Cousins and Twitter, and then you get the whole, the whole experience. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, That's the one that I get, and, uh, and then there's some of them that are one-offs that I actually will have like, memorized because I've, I've, I've had to combat it so many times, whether it's garbage time or the check down one. Uh, that one I can look up real quick, and I know exactly where to go. Uh, but that's that's mine. It's not as egregious as twenty for Sunday, but and I don't really have a website where I can direct. Maybe that's why I need. I need to go to the Athletic and be just yeah, have an right. archive. Of
2: cousins you you need an archive of all of your Kirk tweets so that you can just you know, route people when they're you know, like, oh, he's you know he, he's a stat patter. It, you know, in the fourth quarter. Okay, here you go. Go to this tweet.
3: You know, have them all cataloged so you know. Yeah. No, that's not Matt bad Stafford. It doesn't apply, the rules don't apply to Matt Stafford. Oh, yes, yeah, that,
1: that, <laughs> that one always gets me because it, it really circulates about once every ninety days. It's a Cousins and Stafford comparison. I always joke about it. Oh, yeah, here we go. I've got this one ready. All uh, right, <laughs> yeah, and I now I have to update them because people usually want last fifty games or something like that. But that's easy enough to do. Yeah. Uh, here's here's my next thing, Paul. So you, you talked about how you believe Cousins deserves to you know if he keeps playing like this. Uh, you know, he, he puts up these 30 touchdowns like clockwork with the 4,000 yards. Um, but let's say that the Vikings uh, are more akin to the team that barely beat the Lions and they finish 7-10 and or 8-9 or something mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. How much structural change do you predict for this team if they don't make the postseason?
2: You know, what really does factor into this is um, the, the fan base can – facilitate a coach staying or leaving. And right now Zim's lost the fan base largely. And you you alluded to it earlier. The people have shifted their have shifted their allegiances or their their frustration from Kirk to Zim and to a lesser extent uh Clint Kubiak. And if if you think that the ownership doesn't know that, they do. They absolutely know and they've got they have a real sense of whether or not the fan base is, is behind a coach and it matters. And Zim's, I think on his, I think this is his last chance. He's, what is he the third, fourth, longest tenured coach
1: Belichick, and Carol. The other one was, you one know, one? Belichick
2: Tomlin. Yeah, there it is. Uh, okay. Carol. I, I, I think Zimmer might be fourth mm-hmm. right now. So, so what are we year eight? I think for Zimmer, I mean, it's a this long, it's a long time for any one coach. And so I just think, I think this is it. I think if it doesn't happen here, Zim's gone. Um, There'll be a case. I believe Spielman will stay. And, uh, but I don't, I can't say that for sure either. I mean, a lot of times they go hand in hand so that you can, so that, you know, you don't have these guys pointing at each other and they bring in, you know, they do both at the same time. It happens all the time. But I, I think, I think there has to be, there's gotta be a playoff win. I think one and done wouldn't be good enough either. I think there has to be—you have to get to the playoffs and go win a playoff game to 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 make sure that Mike comes back. What do you yes. guys think?
1: Yeah, Wes, what about you? I think we've talked about this, um, but we did it on the backdrop that uh, you know Kirk was still the figurehead for criticism, and it's just strange that all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe isn't is the problem. Uh, so where do you evaluate? Let's say it's eight and nine. We miss get the eighth seed, and of course, we don't even get to dance. Uh, what happens mm-hmm. to Zimmer, Wes? What happens to Spielman?
4: Uh, Zimmer would more than likely be gone at that point. Uh, Spielman, that one's a, a <laughs> tough sell. That, it's tough to say. I, I agree with Paul, though. It, the, it's usually a hand-in-hand deal. Uh, if one goes, the other probably would. Uh, Spielman's been around...
1: 2006.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say fourteen fifteen years, so yeah um he's definitely built some good teams he's i think done a a really good job at evaluating talent uh, i think in terms of uh posing gms he has a a pretty high hit rate for his draft picks um definitely made uh, a few panic trades, uh Bradford, Hurden,
1: um <laughs> yeah, <Conquay>. the kicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vedvig. <laughs> yeah, so we just rattled off. Yeah, we, we didn't even put in in there. So that was yeah, like four yeah. Four yeah. Four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. and so it seems like his draft night trades are uh profitable mm-hmm. for the most part, and the ones that come outside of that are like boy, what are you what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right,
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a master when other teams are up against the clock, but when he's up against the clock of it, you know, his own volition in a way, he tends to panic. So um, he very well could see himself out, uh, but uh, I could also see a, a case for him staying and maybe bringing back the triangle of power or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not the exact same guys, but yeah. uh, uh, Ron, what do you got on the, the, the triangle that we already have Zimmer <laughs> Zimmer, Spielman and cousins. If it goes eight and nine, how many of those dudes play for the 2022 Vikings or associated with 22, like 22. Vikings?
3: So I agree with Paul. I think that I don't think one and done in the playoffs is going to be enough to save Zimmer's job. Um, I do think it needs to be a deeper run um, unless that one and done happens to be in the divisional round because they somehow miraculously get by. But uh um I mean I think it needs to be um a run where you know it's not necessarily championship but they need to be able to show that they have the Moxie to get there. Um now with Spielman I do kind of think Spielman and Zimmer are a package deal but my concern with that is with George Payton gone, I don't know if they have a requisite person to elevate. Um Mm. so that may in itself keep Spielman's job because maybe too much turnover might be too much, um, but then again, with a new GM, usually brings a new coach in, so it very well could just be a package deal. Um, I think Kirk's going to be here next year, regardless. I think the cap hit it—you can't get rid of because you can't trade it. Because then you're punting on next season. Um, like you literally have no money to do anything, and you know Mon isn't the guy um, unless there's some massive development at some point um, from now to then. So, um, I see Kirk here, um, and I see an extension in place, just because. It seems like that's it, it, at mark fair market value. I don't see him as that Dak Prescott money, um, but that's you know what I think is going to happen because of where the team is at. Um, now, as far as um, w- with Zimmer, w- like to your point, where his fan base seems to be that can drive a lot and with Kirk being able to show that he can go out and, you know, throw for 300 something yards, put up 571 yards of total offense and, you know, give a dagger at the end. Like he, when given the the opportunity to all this year, like this has been the most stressful six game stretch that I can remember as a Vikings fan, like where everything comes down to one play, except for that Seahawks game. And he's answered the call every single game. So I think he's doing enough to at least, maybe not win over the fan base, but at least appease them to the point that, Hey, 30 million and being a top 10 ranked quarterback or paid quarterback versus the, you know, the initial first fully guaranteed deal. Um, I think that shock is going to be gone. And people are looking around at, like we've talked about a few weeks ago with Bryant, where look at the development of Jared Goff. Like he plateaued, fell off, Wentz fell off, like Baker Mayfield, like who knows what to expect with him. Like these quarterbacks are all getting paid, more than Kirk, if not just as much, and they're not nearly as good, but they're younger, but they may have hit their peak. So I, I would think that Kirk's back, the other two most likely gone if, um, if the team doesn't turn it around and, uh, and make a run.
1: So point of order there. If, if indeed we had a first round by, that means we're about to embark on an absolute <laughs> glorious <laughs> three months. Yes. historic <laughs> run. Yeah, it's like 2017. And then some, because to get to the first round uh, by you probably need 14 and three. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then that, perhaps that's a call. Uh, that, that Ron, <laughs>
0: that Ron put
1: up. All right, Ron, uh, we got about time for two more for Paul tonight. What, what do you got?
3: All right. So the next one, um, let me pull it up here real quick. Cause I think I, so, um, you know, Paul <laughs> in all seriousness with this Vikings team, the way they're constructed and the way that they're playing, assuming the, um, kind of the defensive pieces that are missing that we're not going to completely miss them. How far do you think this team as, as is, um, following the bye? how far do you actually think they can go? Not just as a fan base with opti- or a, a fan with optimism, but just realistically.
2: Yeah. The cold, hard facts. Uh, So Cowboys game, tricky game without Patrick Peterson in particular, because they stretch you thin with the three receivers that they've got and two quality tight ends and a a running back who can catch. And, you know, I think the Peterson loss will be really tricky. Um, Then you've got the Ravens game, which also is not obviously, and it's at Baltimore. You know, we just saw, we just saw at Baltimore humble Justin Herbert, So that's hard. Then you got to go face Justin Herbert in his, in his stadium. Then you've got the Packers. I, I think the Vikings are probably the underdogs for all of those games. And I can't, you know, I can't tell you that they, you know, if I think the best case scenario is you come out of that at the same, uh, the same 500 you are now go, you know, two wins, two losses, and, you know, you're rolling into, uh, San Francisco with a winnable game at San Francisco, winnable game at Detroit, and hopefully you're, you know, you're, you're five and five at that point and you go pick up two wins there. Now you're 12 and here comes Steelers. That's a, that is a winnable game against, uh, against the now, oh, the already wobbly, very wobbly and, and borderline <laughs> decrepit Ben Roethlisberger. So you turn that into a win, you can beat the bears. Um, now we're at 14 wins Rams, Let's call it a loss at Packers. A loss we're still at 14. Then you go beat the Bears, and that's there's 15 wins. And you know, that would that, that, that number's not right. We're not at 15 wins. How do I get my math off? I don't know. I think I went yeah. from five and five thinking that was yeah. 10. Yeah. I
3: don't know. So now I'm all <laughs> off.
2: I don't know. Well, so what do we, I think that might've been 11 wins at the end of the day. I'm not positive. Well, if
3: history no. shows um, maybe go ahead and book your divisional round uh, cruise now. I would so. like that. Uh, that would great.
2: Just to, <laughs> A just I want the cruise and yeah. B um, I would like if, if any part of my cruise can bring this team to an NFC championship. There you go.
3: And realistically, we may only be favored in three of the, remaining games and that's the Steelers Lions obviously and uh and Bears after that the schedule is absolutely tough so it's it's very hard
2: I just mm-hmm. I just want to get two and two in the next four to me is just critical you're gonna yeah. find wins and the that's the way to do that
1: is just win at home
2: yeah. well yeah that'd be you know that that'd be nice we take uh we would take home wins that's Dallas and Green Bay and the Green Bay win counts double in some regards so yeah that'd be yeah. that'd be great
1: that's what I'm banking on for my um, my hope to survive this stretch because it's just so nasty. Uh, each, ti- each time through this last month, you know, you try to figure out are we good or we not? Should have beat the Cardinals, we didn't. Should have lost to the Lions, we didn't. So each time, you know, I'm I'm on my couch thinking, is this team good? then I'm like, you know what? I think that they are. I think they're going to clean up some of the trash that happens in late-game situations. But then I almost feel like it's nullified because I look at the schedule, and I was like, well, they have to be good. They have to be absolutely yeah. phenomenal to slay these opponents because there's – even, the Wes, you pointed this out on one of my tweets um, last week, and it remained the same this week. Per tankathon wins and losses, the Vikings have the most difficult schedule left, and the easy games are the Steelers and the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and you're like, looking right. at it, like, when I looked at the schedule – a month ago, I was like, ah, the Steelers, we have to play them, and then have to go to the Niners. We stink in late afternoon games on the West Coast. And uh, somehow, based on some quarterback instability or, you know, the corpse of Roethlisberger, those look like ones that you should win. But we all know how the Vikings do in games like that when it's like, well, this should be when we take care of business. It, it turns into a slop fest. And the way the rate that we're going, there's just these many miracles that happen, many heartbreaks, and they're all within, like, five minutes of each other. Uh, it's 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 wild. And to your point, Ron, like – I feel that this stretch is unprecedented where five out of six games come down to the final play. I remember being at the Broncos game, the the Cousins' comeback, and Mm -hmm. that was like outside of the miracle. The only game in that stadium where the Vikings, I want to say, had like the chance to win it. And I know that Prater got them on a long-ass field goal or overtime touchdown like 2016 or something. But I remember feeling in my body like this is foreign. Outside of the miracle, this, this is not how it usually goes in this building. Usually we win 24 to 10, and then I go home and I'm happy. Uh, so, yeah, it's all of a sudden, since the pandemic season, these these games go down to the wire, and it's a new phenomenon.
3: I will say, if we want to give Vikings fans some optimism and some reasons to that, to be excited um, – it, for one, if they have meaningful games in December, obviously, I think that everyone wants that. But if they can somehow navigate this stretch, and even after that, for that next four, it doesn't get any easier. Like you said, the, the Niners <laughs> aren't no chump. Even the Steelers with, you know, a decrepit bend, like they still have that defense. TJ mm-hmm. Watt just went beast mode on Sunday. But if there's any saving grace, if they can somehow tread water throughout this and then be that team that gets hot when the playoffs roll around. They're now that team that has gone through tough battles in the regular season. They've shown they can win in, you know, at that point would be a myriad of different ways. Even to this point, like the three wins that they have, it's unprecedented. And then two, um, (laughs) two losses that again, very Vikings like, so, um, again, there'll be an optimist side, you know, Brian, if he was here, he he can attest Joe Flacco being an average quarterback. Went on a historic run and got hot, and that's all you really need. So um, I don't care if it's nine and eight; and you get in the playoffs at that seventh wild card. So let's see
1: what let's see what can happen. Oh, I like your yeah. fourteen and three home. <laughs> so we're gonna hold you to that yeah. one.
4: The other thing too, complicating these games, um, is the travel. Yeah. They go to Baltimore, so East Coast, then bounce to the West Coast for the Chargers at home against the Packers, and then back out to the West Coast, which is kind of unheard of. Um, reminds me of those uh, Madden um, broadcast Monday Night Football games where they would have the little <laughs> the bus. You know, truck going, or the bus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ping-ponging back and forth across the, the coast. So uh, that just adds to... You know the difficulty of this stretch.
1: All right, the uh, last thing I got, and I might have already stole your thunder, so you can reiterate it, Paul, if you'd like. Who is the most underrated Minnesota Viking through six weeks?
2: Ooh, most underrated Minnesota Viking through six weeks.
1: Uh, let
2: me think about this. Um, so I need a guy that's you know that has played really well, maybe hasn't got the attention that. He or uh, he should have. Hmm. I know I should probably be you know ready to roll with this. You know the the an easy answer in years past has just been we'll just make it Brian O'Neill because you know that would have been you know probably the best the best and easiest answer. But I we already said Mackenzie Alexander and I'm inclined to say him. But Xavier Woods has been really good. Let me just quick pull up his stats so if I can so I can give you somebody else besides Mackenzie Alexander on this. Hold on, <laughs> Fair it's enough. hard to
3: quantify safety's stats a lot though, like unless you're a Harrison Smith type where you're always around the ball. But um, I mean, yeah, like. <laughs>
2: Tell that to Chiefs fans that are watching Daniel Sorensen play. They can eyeball a guy getting roasted over and over again.
3: Even Tyron Matthew can as the plays going on. Yeah. All right. So, okay, here we go. Uh,
2: Xavier Woods passes in his coverage. Zero touchdowns allowed. He's uh, he's managed one pick. The opposer passer rating on throws in his coverage, 49. Hmm. That's it it's that's awfully impressive. He's uh he has allowed roughly 50% of the passes in his coverage to be completed, which is a small number. Xavier Wood Xavier Woods is a is a really sneaky I think answer for this and I I might I might take Xavier Woods on this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that was you stole mine. Yeah. Um Oh, was that yours? Okay. Yeah, no, but that's okay. That, I mean, that's just a testament to what he's doing. Um yeah, it's a lot of that, you always eternally try to figure out, well, do you put somebody next to Harrison Smith? Or are they destined to be good? Sandejo looked competent at times. Anthony Harris led the league in the interception. But, no, I think it's a little bit more than that. Uh, I, I, I Stats you brought up confirm it. Uh, the coverage is there. And I feel like there's a trust level that when I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, well, if it goes in his direction, you don't have to live on pins and needles. Um, yeah. Like, like even last year with Harris for a while, he just didn't quite have the best year. And then I also, like, because no. I told, I told, I told Wes this, like, when Woods takes off his helmet, he just looks like a badass. He looks like a boxer. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like he's mm-hmm. like 45, and he looks like a boxer that's not going to take any shit from anybody. So I appreciate that in a very odd way. Uh, Wes, is, did, did we steal yours too?
4: Yeah, uh, Woods is definitely up there for me. I I was kind of thinking throwing a curveball and uh, going with Barry, our, our punter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to show some, the special teams, some love. Uh, I think overall as a unit, they've been vastly improved. Uh, definitely was one of the low points of last season. Um, and it's a game played in all three phases. Um, I I think for the most part, when we have needed to punt, uh, Barry's done a, a decent job with the hang time to allow the coverage unit to get down there.
1: And then that boomer um, that he hit was it week one? Holy yeah, that God. was nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I like like this happened to us. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> after, after the hangover that we had, well, the bad hangover that we had from last year's historically rotten special teams. But I think it was against the Bengals where he flipped the field in like seventy yards or some something yep. crazy.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah, and that's we haven't had that in forever. And <laughs> uh, God, Clue used to complain all the time about it, and you know, not not publicly. Uh, but because I because I was close with Cloe, he would complain to me and I think others probably around him as well. But about, you know, it's like, you know, I can kick it way farther than they ever let me kick it. You know, they want me to kick it 42 yards and that's it. And exactly 42 <laughs> yards every single time. And it's never bombs away. And that's uh, I like that we're I like that we have a coaching staff that's willing to do that because sometimes you just need to tilt the field the other way yeah. You change the whole field position complexion of a game and you've, it's great to have a kicker who can do it and a coaching staff that's willing to do it
1: yeah shout out to Ryan Ficken there all right Ron take us away with your most underrated player
3: so I will say, um, like those are all great answers. Um, Barry was one that I was thinking about, but uh, I got to go with Conklin. I think just with the circumstances that he stepped in, you know, coming into the year, Irv Smith was being touted as that guy that they're going to use all over the place, um, and you know the dynamic skill set that he has. But Conklin has come in and not only in the passing game but in the running game. Like he is um, showing every. It being a capable uh, tight end one in this league um you know i know herb smith tweeted uh like after he got hurt like go get paid because he is in a contract year so <laughs> unfortunately i don't think that'll he'll be with us next year just because of that but uh, um, man, the way he's come in, like he's stretching the field. He's being that outlet. And then he's also making plays um, very anti-Rudolph. You know, Rudolph caught everything that came to him, but um, he didn't break tackles and Conklin's showing the ability to turn it up field. And, and, you know, he has some faults at times, like um, that drop in the end zone. um, You know, I think he could have had, but who doesn't at times. Um, But my game ball would go to Conklin on that as far as the underrated So, and by the way,
2: I'm glad we, we sort of touched on this Uh, another, how about a tip of the hat to this Vikings organization, Rick Spielman for getting out on Kyle Rudolph when they did, Mm -hmm. you know, he's getting paid $8 million by the giants to do nothing. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And now sometimes you need, you know, sometimes you got to know when to, you know, when to move on, even from guys that you love and that's, you know, that's, that's the
3: case here. Very Belichick esque,
2: yeah, that really uh, is, isn't it? It really (laughs) is. So, okay, just in the just in our conversation, we've identified two, three really good moves by this front office: the Xavier Woods signing, the Mackenzie Alexander signing, um, and letting um, and letting uh, Rudolph walk. Yeah, you know those things should count. And you know, I, I just for all the hate that Spielman gets, there are still a lot of good moves that he that he. Oh he, yeah he has, he has made that i think i think a lot of casual fans are very happy to just overlook
3: that yeah. and yeah, like, the way that him and his team have been able to maneuver the cap um with Rob Brzezinski and just everything like where it's always well now they're never going to be able to sign this guy and we've really only mm-hmm. lost Trey Waynes like that's <laughs> I mean that's well I was no be- loss dude's played like four <laughs> well, games exactly, since he left yeah. right <laughs> yeah, that's games. what I'm saying as far as personnel wise like that's the only one that's walked out the door that like people were like well we're not going to be able to keep them all because every time Hunter gets extended well okay even Diggs like he got extended he just didn't want to be here and then it worked out great for both teams so um yeah, yeah to your point well, <laughs> yeah
1: i, I agree <laughs> <laughs> the uh my my conklin's st- there my conklin story is really quick um i took my daughter to the game against the lions in 2019 at us bank stadium and we had the kids club so we got to go down in the field afterward and check everything out and then we got to meet a player and they had two lions they had one with tyler conklin who was te3 or te fourth time and afadia denbo who was like de2 de3 and I was like, well, your dad likes defense. Let's go Let's go meet Afadi Adembo. And so we met him. We got the picture. And then I think a week later or two weeks later was the Chargers game where he scored. And I was like, he scored right after we met him, Violet. Look at this. And then uh, flash forward the following year, he was the starter. So for about a year and a half, I thought I was all badass picking the right guy. And then Afadi doesn't play anymore, really. And <laughs> Conklin's the breakout guy. And I'm, now I kick myself. And I'm just like, we should have met Conklin. So. That's my, that's my dad's story of the, <laughs> all right, Paul. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We're going to request you come back um, probably down the stretch of the season. Maybe when we're tunneling towards the playoffs, uh, give us your Twitter name and then we will sign off for the night.
2: Yeah. You know, when I first got on Twitter, I had to decide, do I want charge at charge or on at Paul charging? And I ultimately just decided, you know, even though Paul charging is a lot harder to spell I want my own name, you know? I don't want somebody else like taking that or whatever. So I'm just going to be me. So yeah, at Paul Chargian, uh, I have some regrets now. I probably just sort of just squatted on at Paul Chargian and used at charge, but you know, it is what it is. Can't change, can't, well, maybe I could change it now, but
1: somebody's got it, so Probably and, not. And then plus all this stuff in the world that's linked to that name and articles and all that gets a little yeah. Yep. So yeah. just keep that in mind. All right, uh, Charch and Paul Charch, and we appreciate you kind, sir. Uh, like yeah, it was said, a lot well, of fun guys. Thanks. I, I had, had a great time. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's all we got for tonight. We'll be back next week. Brian McKinney, Sally from Minneapolis and the Vikings.